Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never, ever about food or weight. Never, ever. Not even. One time. Not ever. Ever, ever. So today's show is on the topic of the 10 principles of recovery. It's on the topic that complete recovery from an eating disorder is possible. And one of the things that Carol and I really, really put forth in our groups and our work and on all the stuff that we did for Beyond Hunger was that you do not have to have this the rest of your life. It can be over. You can go on and do other stuff. You can have other challenges and other things that you struggle with. This is not one of them that you have to have for the rest of your life. Which was different for me when I was struggling. I thought, I can never eat sugar. I can never not be on a diet. I will never like my body. I have to be on it all the time. Or it will just get as big as the world and I will die. And I found that not to be true Mm -hmm. at all. And that recovery is letting go of the diet mentality. The diet mentality is the problem. That's the problem. The eating disorder is that we don't know what to eat and we don't know how to take care of ourselves and we don't really know how to accept the body that we have. So for me, recovery was to do those three things. Relearn intuitive eating. Relearn how to trust myself how to take care of myself, and relearn how to love the body that I had. I did have all those things as a little kid. Mm-hmm. I just forgot them. Yeah. Or it got beaten out of me by the culture. or Whatever happened to it, I just didn't have it when I was an adult. So for me to listen to our truth when we are feeling body hatred and to really understand and com- have compassion for that part of me That let me be in recovery forever because that was the red flag. Mm -hmm. If I was overeating or not taking care of myself or calling myself stupid and fat, that was a red flag. So people think, well, I'll never do those things again. You may, but you'll know that it's not real and it's a red flag that something else is happening Like I said a hundred million times, it is never about the food and it's never about your body. It is about something else underneath it. So today I have the honor and privilege of having a longtime friend and peer here today, Michelle Monero. And I'm going to let her explain who she is and talk about her, all her work that she's been doing all these many years. And then we'll have a chat. Wonderful. Thank you. So, um, Laura Lee, I remember seeing you and Carol for the first time at a recapped meeting decades ago. Decades. And uh, when you, we were we small children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just youngins. Youngins. And uh, you, you all showed images of goddesses and these very ro- robust women and you know, we're telling all of us as marriage family therapists 
um, that we really needed to remember that our culture was always is always changing and what's beautiful changes from time to time. And um, that was my first introduction, I believe, to eating disorder recovery. You guys had just started, had just uh, published your book. Uh, and, and what happened was that although as a marriage family therapist, I didn't start out um, thinking I was going to be an eating disorder specialist, that's what happened. Yes. And uh, I think that part of it comes from my own history uh, five years old, hearing my mom and my grandma fighting about me, my grandma saying, but Michelle's fat, oh. you know? And I thought to myself, I wasn't quite sure even at five what that was, what? but I knew that it was bad. Yeah, It wasn't okay. My grandma thought it wasn't all right. My, but my mom was saying, she's going to grow out of it, just baby fat. She's going to be fine. But that's the earliest memory I have. Yeah. Like you're an object. Yeah. Like there you're was not something, even really and there was, there. And there was something about... Um, there being something wrong, yeah. right? That, that now there's something wrong with, with who I you. am. Yeah. Right. And I didn't understand that and it we're was... we're having a discussion about it. Right, yeah. That doesn't include you. That didn't include me. <laughs> uh, I, and, uh, and then over the years, uh, I would go on diets. My first one was when I was in sixth grade with my mom. I went to Weight Watchers, and I was the, um, the star, you know. But then... Like I think many people listening here, they'll understand that uh, when you're going on a diet, you're really just trying to change the number on the scale. Uh, and for the majority of people, they're not actually understanding what's going on inside them. They're just right. looking at their bodies and the right. number, right? So that's what I, I got really good at losing weight and gaining weight and losing weight and gaining weight. And it, I, and I really do think that there could be a if we wanted to pathologize something else, you know, we could make a diag a new diagnostic category about, you know, the the diet uh, disorder, the yo-yo. Yes, yes, yeah, I agree with you. I think why isn't that in the yeah. DSM? So, so what happened for me was um, I became very interested in. Um, I didn't know at the time that it was, I was calling it recovery, but I knew that I was, that something wasn't going right. And, mm -hmm. and so part of my process was I, I was uh, a member of OA for a long time. And I had that medical model of abstinence and spirituality. And, um, but as I continued, I think that the way that I thought about recovery began to get more complex mm -hmm. and more and deeper, as I was working with my eating disorder clients, uh, I would uh, I would hear the parents being so excited when their daughter's eating disorder behaviors had stopped. Yes, and they would say, "Yay, we're so happy!" But what I learned over the 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 years is that that's really when our work just was starting. Exactly, and exactly. that uh, the behaviors and the maybe they weren't throwing up anymore. Maybe they weren't restricting. But when I would talk with, and I was, in the beginning, I was working mostly with teens. Yeah. And their families. And so they would be sitting with their families and the food would be on the table. And they, the behavior was 
what the parents were thinking was normal, but everything inside their head, all their emotions, and what they would share with me was that they hated themselves, they hated their bodies, they were still afraid of food, or they still were trying to talk to themselves that they weren't going to get rid of it. And I did not consider that recovery. Right. And that would be the times when the families would say, okay, well, you know, thanks, we'll see you later. Exactly. And I would say, wait a minute, no, this is this is really not recovery. Now we're going to start the work. And some families would do that and other families wouldn't. And so what what I was motivated to do was to write my book, Self-Love Diet, The Only Diet That Works. And I use the word diet because I wanted to redefine it. Yes. Because I I don't yes. I don't I know that diets don't create eating disorders, but they have been in the history of every single person that I worked with who came to see me to get in recovery from an eating disorder. Me too. And you know, the diet industry stole that word because mm-hmm. really all diet means is what you eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, during a day yeah. or a week or a month or whatever, how like, you know, so-and-so has a vegetarian diet. That mm-hmm. just means that they're a vegetarian, you know, and the it got taken away from us in a way and, and showed something else, some sort of other well, it created pathological that, yeah. craziness. Well, it you created know. the diet, um, billion-dollar diet industry, right? That's right. But That's so right. what I wanted to do was I looked up the word diet and the third definition says things regularly offered. Right. So I thought, oh right. my gosh, that is so opposite of what we think about. The majority of people, I think, um, are saying that a diet means I'm going to lose weight and yes. I'm going to exercise. But if we think about it in things regularly offered... That's that was the catalyst for the title of the book. Okay, yeah. so if I regularly offer myself love, right, then I've got the self love diet. Yes, and if I don't just have the two prong food and exercise, yes, but if I have, I created seven prongs. Yeah, so I start off with spirit because we're we have this spiritual essence in this body That's that right. makes up who we are we are not our body right so there's a spiritual we have a body, path. We have a body. Right, but we're not our body right. we have thoughts but we're not our thoughts right, right. yes so that was the first path mm-hmm. and then the second path was the body because we live in this body right, right? <laughs> of course and we have this vehicle yes and if we don't have it we don't get to be here and it allows us <laughs> to do whatever we have a passion to That's do right. and to offer in That's this right. world. Right. And then we have these thoughts and these emotions, and we have relationships, yep. and we have this culture, and then we have our world. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about, when I think about recovery, and I, and I was, you know, looking at my, my clients and then looking at myself, I could see that when we work on our own personal recovery, uh, then we have more to offer our relationships, our culture. And I do believe that everything is interconnected and that as we heal, the world heals. I don't think that there's something that it, that is separate from that. Right. Um, and so the I more people... I don't think people, so either. Yeah, so the more it's people that are effect. recovered, absolutely. Like, like you, what, you throw the, the pebble in the, right. in the pond? Right. Everything we do has an impact. That's right. 
it's like if it's good for me, then it's good for my family, it's good for my town, it's good for my country, it's good for my world. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. goodness spreads. Mm-hmm. Obviously, other stuff does too. Right. <laughs> well, so tell me about uh, true recovery. Do you believe it's possible? And if so, what do you think that is? And I know for me, um, when I think about it, it might be different for me than for someone else. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to stop hating myself so much, really, when I got down to the essence of it. Mm-hmm. But other people have other things, you know, that that they feel like, if I get this, I'll be recovered. Mm-hmm. What do you think recovery is? Well, I like that last part that you said, when I get this, I'll be recovered. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I noticed um, is that... I thought I was recovered as I was a therapist working with people with eating disorders because I was comparing myself to the behaviors of my clients and I was looking pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) But then when I started writing the book and actually uh, paying attention, being really mindful to my thoughts, I noticed that I had to really apologize to myself every single day Yes. because I was really um, criticizing myself, my body. And I did the five-step process where I would catch my thought, I would confront my thought, I would replace my thought, Uh, and then I'd have to apologize to myself. And my thoughts usually would go to my stomach. My stomach was too big. And I hadn't really noticed those thoughts prior to my my daily practice. And then after my apology to myself, I would commit to change, and that's sort of like making amends. So... So I would say, okay, yeah. so each time I catch myself criticizing my body, I commit to replace it with a loving statement to apologize to myself mm. until I no longer criticize myself. It's so beautiful. And you know what? You know, Laura Lee, I was doing that over and over and over. I was getting sick and tired of doing that. <laughs> so then I started a different process of just noticing. Yeah. And just noticing, and just noticing without judgment. Right. And so as I was doing all these these things that we would learn when we go to get our our masters in counseling and you know that, but not the general public doesn't learn these basic tools. Right. That they are so important and they really do they make it be possible for healing. And healing for me is not just about uh, not overeating or not eating when I'm hungry to the point where my stomach hurts, because I used to do that. Right, right. Uh, And there can still be times when I will overeat and not eat when I'm hungry, but the difference now is I I notice it. Mm -hmm. And like right now, when I'm noticing that, I go, oh, well, you know, I've got two people in my family that, you know, are really needing my caregiving. I've been Mm -hmm. doing a a lot of caregiving. Mm -hmm. And so that is my little flag saying, "Uh uh-oh, Michelle, wait a second. You're trying to, you to care you. yourself. You're trying to take care of yourself with food, but wait a minute. Are you physically hungry? Oh no. Oh well, then you know what else could Yay. you do? Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, let me try something different. Right. Exactly. So, so great. Yeah. So recovery to me, I think, is it's a practice. It's a daily practice. Right. Uh, it's not something that we get to and we're, we cross it off our list. That's right. Especially when recovery to me and the self love diet are the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like when right. I'm, I'm working on myself, I'm working on my body, not in a disordered way, but like listening to it and 
saying, okay, so what do you want, body? And do you, are you tired now? Do you want to go to sleep? Yep. Do you, you need some stretching? Oh, your shoulder is kind of sore. Should you put some salve in it and move it around? So I guess the main thing I'm noticing now is that when I'm listening to my body, it's really not about food very often. It's really more about getting rest and yes. and, and taking good care of it. Yes. Uh, and, right. Um, and having fun with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We forget that it's joyful to be, have a body. We forget. I felt like I was dragging around, you know, a weight my whole life that I just didn't even know why I had to have this body. I didn't want it. It hurt. It was too big. I didn't like it. It was too funky, mm-hmm. whatever. But, you know, it's sort of like... I don't know what I thought. I must have thought that somehow I would someday get another one. <laughs> and uh-huh. it would be one I would like or something. Uh-huh. And I think that was a very hard day when I really realized, no, this is the only one you're going to have. And you might as well take care of it. Because yes. if you want to be here for a while, you have to, it has to be, uh, you have to cherish it a lot more than right. you've been cherishing yeah. it. Yeah, and I also think that, so then all the other ways that I learned about recovery, then those fell into that as well. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't just, like right now, recovery for me might be that I make sure at my age that I get all my medical tests done, mm-hmm. you know, or I make sure that my, I don't know, I'm not really so concerned about if shoes are cute, mm-hmm. just can I walk in them? Comfortably. <laughs> And your back will still feel good. (laughs) Exactly. So it changed, you know. Yeah. And and that's me taking care of an aging body. It's just the way it is. Well, and and I love that you said that because two years ago, I was diagnosed with CLL. So it's called chronic lymphatic leukemia. Oh. And it threw me for a loop. No kidding. Yeah. So about a year, I was just kind of like... what the hell? So like in a trance, right? Yeah. But the the reality is, is that I'm actually very, very lucky. Um, I probably won't have any symptoms or need any treatment for like 20 years. And I'm 65, so by 85, they will probably have, if I'm still around, Something they will probably else. have some other kind of treatments and everything exactly. that need to be. But what happened for me with that was uh, I've always I've always thought of if I had to only choose one tool for recovery to tell if I could only if a client said okay uh-huh. I can only have one thing what would you tell me Michelle right 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 it would so be gratitude right oh beautiful and mm-hmm. and I, that diagnosis really helped me to have gratitude to go deeper because of for course I've been day. working the self love diet since 2004 when I started writing the book mm-hmm. but I noticed there was this this deeper appreciation and gratitude for my body when I thought. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you hear the word cancer, and for me, anyway, it was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. Yes. Well, yeah. You know, it's not a surprise. It's not going We're to all going to die, right? Right. Uh, but it allowed <laughs> me to then realize that, but I'm alive now, and I have this body that I am so grateful for. Our hearts, they've been beating since before we were born. I and know. And when we're Hard-working. asleep, they our hearts beat when we're sleeping. I breathe when I'm thinking about it. I can do my diaphragmatic breathing. But when I'm asleep, I still breathe. Yeah. My body is yeah. so amazing. Right. And right. I'm so grateful to it. 
And so that really helps me to put things in perspective that, okay, so as I'm getting older, I have these aches in my shoulder right. and, um, and, and my body doesn't look like it did when I was uh, a teenager. And my, I can remember being a teenager thinking that I was fat and my body wasn't. And I look at the, these pictures of me as a teenager. I have a beautiful body. Exactly. And you know what? Exactly. I have to say my body is beautiful today because I've redefined beauty. Yes. So, so my body is not what our culture is saying we should look like, you know, like when an aging is a whole other thing. It's at, a whole other yeah, thing. Yeah, at 65, <laughs> you know, we're supposed to be, when people say, oh, Michelle, you don't look 65, they think they're giving me a compliment because they're thinking that I want to be younger and that being younger is better. Is good. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that although I don't like the aches and pains, being older is actually very cool. Yes, it is very cool. Uh, I've let go of so many things that I used to fret about. Uh, I wake up in the morning and I have a practice. I do it most, I, I've been doing it the last couple of months, but sometimes I'll forget about it and it comes and goes. But I wake up in the morning and I count my blessings before I get out of bed. But in t instead, of, instead of doing like a litany, I do it until I can like feel like, let's say I'm, I'm let's say I, I, I'm counting my blessings for my husband, especially now that he's healthy and he's yeah. going to be okay. Yeah. But I do it until I have like, maybe like a memory of his smile and I can feel that, oh, that love. That's so sweet. And so those are the kinds of things that I didn't do before because I was always, I used to wake up and thinking, what am I going to eat? What do I weigh? You know, I, I was yes. either on a diet or I wasn't on a diet. And right. so with age and and with recovery, no matter how young a person is that they're, is listening today, uh, that's the blessing of, is that I wake up now looking forward to my days, recounting what I'm grateful for, mm -hmm. um, thinking about what am I passionate about? What am I going to do today? Like yes. with excitement. Yes, 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 uh, yes. That to me is recovery. That to me is recovery too. I know, again, that I, when I would think about someday I won't have an eating disorder, I would think, well, someday I'll be able to eat everything I want and be really thin, because I thought that was recovery. Mm -hmm. Or someday I will not have this issue at all. I won't even care about it. I won't even have it in my consciousness. It will just be gone. Like I'll get a lobotomy, I thought, <laughs> you know? That part will be cut out. Uh, that's right. And it was really sort of upsetting when I realized that probably wasn't going to happen, that actually this would just be in the big bowl of me. All these things are still in that bowl and they're just, uh, I just don't pick them up very often. Mm -hmm. And when I do, it's sort of like, ding, 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 there's something going on. What is it? So... It's a different uh, recovery than from my alcoholism recovery, which I have gonna, uh, next month I'll have 38 years. But, mm -hmm. um, so I never have to have alcohol the rest of my life. Right. Really never. Mm -hmm. But I have to have food. Yeah, you do. Probably in a little while. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. I had to learn how to have a relationship yes. with it. And I'm gonna have this body always mm -hmm. until I die. I had to have a relationship yeah. with it. So that was the whole big difference. Is yeah, that it's a huge difference. I had to I had to let it be there mm -hmm. and be okay with it. And when you talked about the container, 
I, it reminded me of a dream I had. It was, it was one of those things that I might call, I, I, don't, I haven't found the name for it yet, but it was bigger than a dream. Uh, super I've, dream. Super dream. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've drawn it and I've painted it and I've written about it and I, in it, it's like it's a dream where I'm in my body so I can see. I'm not like, I'm not like outside watching. I'm, yeah. And I'm sitting and there's this big bowl and it has this, um, like adobe, like clay in it. And I'm looking out and it's sort of a barren landscape, but there's these trees over here, like, like those big tall ones that have, that are white bark and have like little brown spots on it. I don't know what kind of trees those are. Maybe. Maybe. Uh-huh. And they're all there and I'm looking and, and then as I'm looking straight ahead, there's this stream of water. Wow. That's coming down. I've got, uh, like a stick and I'm sitting and I'm just stirring and stirring and stirring. And that was the dream. It was silent. There's nobody else in it, but that dream, I was just stirring. Wow. Very and cool. Getting that, uh, the clay to be malleable, to be soft. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I just remembered that right now because I think that's kind of like what recovery is. We have, we have what we have, whatever it is yep. that we have in our container, in our life, and it yep. can be hard sometimes. Yeah. And and actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the water is like life. It's exactly. coming from above. So to exactly. me, that's a spiritual component. Right. But we have to do the work. We're the ones, right? We cannot do it if we can't. If we can't leave ourselves. We have to take ourselves with us. Mm-hmm. It's like that yeah. old saying, you know, mm-hmm. like, move across the world because I'm not happy with my life. And guess who came with me? Yeah. Me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and all my stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that is so beautiful. I love that dream. That it's feels about like taking a, action, right? It is. Uh-huh. And there's doing with to, it. Right. And holding it, whatever that's is right. yours. That's right. So, I think that's is a good place to end. Okay. And um, I just want to remind everyone that um, recovery is possible. I want people out there, well, maybe I'll ask you this, Michelle. Mm -hmm. So there's some young woman or man out there, or maybe somebody our age that's been struggling with this for a really long time and just doesn't know about this, doesn't feel like they're ever going to get over it, if you will. Mm -hmm. What is something simple that you can say to them that they can do today Mm -hmm. to start that process and not be so... Um, worried mm-hmm. that they're not going to be okay, mm-hmm. that they're not going to recover. You know, I felt like okay. I never thought I was going to be okay. Yeah. I kept thinking I'm just going to be messed up the rest of my life. Well, I think maybe one way of thinking about it is if they don't believe yet that it's possible to borrow our belief. Oh, I love that. Because, you know, we've been there, we've been yes. through it, we've sat with other people who have been yes. there and been through it. And so if they could believe that it could possibly be possible for them. Yes, because um, we did it, they mm-hmm. can do it. And and to act as if, you know, I, I think love that. that, you know, some people I think didn't like when I would talk about acting as if, but well, that's just pretending. I said, but our imaginations mm-hmm. are the creative spark for everything nothing is manifested in the world until you create it you think about it you imagine it right so i would 
tell people to imagine themselves recovered, whatever that means for them. For them, it might mean, yeah, like for me, waking up in the morning and thinking about how wonderful things are going to be and, and focusing on the things that they love and instead of being afraid of whatever, you know, they're afraid of is going to happen or... Uh, so focusing on the positive and imagining yeah. that it's possible. I love that, imagining that it's possible. All right. So the other thing I was thinking about that question, Laura Lee, uh, so imagining it, uh, for some people, it could be a visual. Mm-hmm. And so I've had people um, get a card. I do something called soul collage, and it's just a five by eight card. And I have them go through magazines and, and look at images about whatever recovery means to them. And sometimes it could just be, even be a color. Yeah. Uh, and so people don't feel like they have to be an artist. Mm-hmm. They can just grab images from mm-hmm. our culture mm-hmm. uh, and then put together this image of what recovery is to them. For one person, I remember it was a pearl. Other, oh, yeah. Another person, they had uh, uh, water and a candle. They put a candle like on the ocean, other people had florals and like beautiful landscapes, but whatever it would be, and then have that person look at that every morning, mm-hmm. sort of as a, as a reminder of what they were seeking and what they were wanting for themselves. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I love that so much. And that way you get out of sort of like your your part of your head that is very analytical and mm-hmm. words and getting it right yes. and go to that creative part that just puts down yeah. images and things that mean a lot to your, to that whole other part of your brain that's hooked into our creativity. Yeah. Creativity is healing. Is very yeah. healing. Lose yourself in creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. So I want to thank Michelle so much for this. And on my um, description of the podcast today, there'll be all of her millions of ways that you can listen to her wonderful work or read about it. But if you haven't gotten the self-love diet, the only diet that works yet, it's a good thing to get for yourself. Get a present for yourself. And the present is the self-love diet. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Laura Lee. Thank you for listening. And be sure and follow me on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's not about food.com. Thanks.